0: Hi, I'm Matt Lee and I'm Vince Mancini and this is Pod Pod Yourself the Wire, a The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and And talk talk about about it. it. Thank you once again for listening to the world's only The Wire podcast, The Wire, a show about how uh, Ruth's Chris puts its stakes on page two. Mm -hmm. That's weird just put it on page one bro
1: yeah you'd think it's open open with uh yeah open with your specialties tell me what you do best don't tell me like the other stuff that you do
0: yeah don't tell me about crab no one comes to ruth's chris for crab i mean maybe the one in baltimore
1: but what is chris chris doing in the title of that restaurant like is it an adjective is it part of like it's ruth's chris steak like is chris a type of steakhouse or no, chris is a the guy chris- there was I,
0: I i read about this one time it was like ruth uh, is uh, okay but i don't remember but my guess from what i thought i read uh is that ruth had I bought a chris's steakhouse
2: mm.
1: so it wasn't
0: just chris's steakhouse it was ruth's chris. yeah i didn't
1: know if chris like belonged to ruth like, it's kind of one of those weird names like carl's jr where you're like shouldn't it be yeah. carl juniors what is the what, what is the junior doing in that
0: yeah title no, you know it's a, it's a great question and it's you know i think it's going to be the thing we talk about most of yeah this, the i wire yeah podcast. i was
1: just trying to prep people for that
0: yeah, um, I got a lot of
1: steakhouse takes.
0: Got a lot of steak takes. Uh, reminder: give us five stars and a review on all the uh you know podcast apps that are available, and um you know follow us on you know uh YouTube. We have the YouTube channel uh youtubecom broadcast, I think or at frotcast. So yeah, watch us. Don't just listen. Watch us too, because that helps. Um, look in
1: my face. Look Hello. at my
0: face. Here I am. I am having fun. Uh, And, uh, you know, follow us on social media Don't follow me on threads I did, in the in the middle of the night last night I did call Josh Gad a uh, guppy-mouthed, animated, snowman-ass coward And, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where Listen, I'm just like I really gotta stop Josh threading.
1: Gad tweeted pe- pictures of his grandmother at me uh, a while right. back I forget yeah. why
0: I, yeah, yeah yeah i think Something i was just about pointing out that he has
1: really boring takes and he took that mean took that to mean like oh you don't care about the holocaust and <laughs> yeah. i was like look man just go about your day i did not tag you in this tweet and i did not mean for you to see it yeah so keep I, on keeping on i don't care
0: i did tag him because he follows me for some reason on threads and i was like why are you following me on threads and then i saw a bunch of his tweets in which he was like we got to protect uh you know uh american jewish students from hearing that uh palestinians exist and i was just like you're a guppy mouth animated snowman ass coward and so you know hey follow me on threads at (laughs) matt leap jokes anyways ladies and gentlemen today we're going to be talking about from season four of the wire episode nine know your place and our guest today is a returning pod yourself the wire champion you have seen him on uh the young turks and you know him from the ringer ladies and gentlemen big waz is back <laughs> what's up guys well, how you doing i'm fantastic thanks for having me thanks for coming back i'm I'm glad you you're able to come on and talk about the wire with us uh last time we had a good conversation about the wire and i remember yeah. feeling excited to have you on for season four so here you are season four <laughs> Let's talk about it. Why is season four the best season of The Wire?
2: Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you your own um, opinion.
3: <laughs> um, I, I obviously the show as you guys. I'm sure illustrate every mm-hmm. single week. Well, I don't know how lo- how often you you drop these, but every single time
1: you drop yeah, it. Somewhere thereabouts, yeah.
3: This show is about institutions and how they fail people. That's right. And season four just, you know, just digs deep into how the educational system is failing the kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all just love the kids, right? It's kids. just tugging at the heartstrings. Everybody's like, <laughs> and we all knew a dookie you know yeah, we all so knew <laughs> and so like i think that's why the season like it has all of the drug dealer cops and robbers element mm-hmm. but that extra heartstring tug because of the kids are being failed yeah. right like all of these talented you know, loving, caring kids who are just trying to fend for themselves. You yeah. know, everybody's failing them. I think it's that added element of the children. Like you see yeah. it even with the the um the the conflict that's happening abroad where each side is trying mm-hmm. to measure who killed the most babies. That's right. right? And, on, there's and conflict
1: happening abroad? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen know that this, recently. I better, I'm but, gonna have to stop this podcast and go pick yeah, up. Yeah, it is a newspaper. conflict
3: that's been brewing since like 1948 i believe it's ongoing but it's you know but yeah like if you go on social media it's literally that's what it feels like for me anyway it's like people on both sides of that conflict basically saying baby killers and Mm -hmm. that's like supposed to be like the the way that we understand that something is evil or really fucked up is that it harms young people and i think that's what season four is doing quite well
0: yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, but, you know, I, at the same time, I also think that, like, some babies' lives are worth more than other babies' lives. And I think that has to be taken into account. Matt, to... please, please, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing this. We're not going to do this today. Not again, <laughs> Matt. No. All I'm sorry, babies this is the matter. Podcast. All babies the... matter. We All know that. All babies matter. This is The Wire. Um, yeah, no. Uh, the, I think. That is 100% true as to like the reason why this is probably the most effective season uh, in that, you know, we all love these kids and these kids are all you see them all as, uh, you know, more than just, uh, you know, it's the wire does an amazing thing with uh, kind of showing the nuances of people in positions that you'd usually be scared of, like drug dealers and and whatnot, (laughs) where you're just like, you know it humanizes people uh in the game uh and it does the same thing with kind of like you know kids who while out in class where you're just like well some kids are just bad and Mm -hmm. you actually get to see their home life you get to see like what exactly like their motives are for acting out in class why would they want to be suspended why would they want to get in trouble and um so you get to see something beyond kind of your preconceived notions of like, you know, oh, some kids are just some kids are just bad kids, you know. Like Naaman is, he's just, a, he's just a fire. Naaman
3: is very, very, very annoying, very, <laughs> very, very annoying. Yes. But once you, you know, get a better understanding of his home life, you're just like, okay like this guy's getting a, a bit of a raw deal here in terms yeah. of who's shepherding his his upbringing but another thing that I want to say about the wire mm-hmm. uh and why season four is is um so impressive is that the kids their you know their prominence within the storyline doesn't do the show it's injustice yeah um yeah. usually. And I can speak for myself on this. I don't know about you guys. I fucking hate the kids.
1: Uh, 100%. I, um, we talk about this child all the time. Actors and Brody's
3: kid in Homeland? Oh, my <laughs> Which God. Which one? The eyebrow, the eyebrow girl? Or... Yes. Yeah, yes. Her fucking sucked. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know if you guys are watching um, Lioness on... No. Um, Paramount. It's pretty cool. It's like a sleeper cell with, you know, of course it's like terrorists from the Middle East, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, We can get over the Islamophobic part because it's like fairly entertaining. But then the show gets into the daughter of the CIA agent gets pregnant at 13 (laughs) and I'm just like what the why yeah why can't we just stay in the geopolitical sleeper cell like <laughs> yeah. will she get found out how is she gaining the trust how are they gonna get abu zabay to take him yeah. down and
1: i mean why can't we just stick with that there mm-hmm. was uh there was an episode of the uh righteous gemstones there was an entire episode that was all about like the characters as kids as and kids, people yeah. were like oh my gosh that guy did such a good impression of Danny McBride and I'm like yeah that was the ceiling of what a child actor could do with that and it still sucked because it was a child Bro. actor like yeah. I don't want to see a little was, kid doing a oh, Danny Sally McBride and, yeah <laughs> she was
3: like okay metal soprano I mean lord have mercy I on mean, my it, soul
0: yeah a lot was, of
3: eye rolling from me from her when she just <laughs>
0: giving her
1: parents shit
0: I'm just yeah. like hmm I mean, I usually... She's my, one of the
1: good ones in my mind, but like most, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I I think it's like, it always depends on like the context and like what the kid's character is. And I think it's so rare that uh you can take a character who plays school child and make it good played by a child. It's, it's why like whenever yeah. I watch like anything uh where it's like a, a high school, you know, drama or whatnot, I'm like... Yeah, no, you, you have to cast 30 year olds. Yeah, give me the 30 year olds every time. <laughs> yeah. And
1: this, this podcast. Need, I mean, uh, we need more I, Gary Colemans out there. Like.
0: We have been on record in this podcast saying that all child actors should be yeah, replaced by Andy Circus in a motion capture ball suit. Just, Period. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's very good at playing all sorts of motion yeah, capture. You got the de aging
1: technology. Now use it. And yeah, to, and to be right fair
3: way. to Meadow in certain points of The uh-huh. Soprano, it's like David Chase is trying to articulate the liberal um, yes. point of view on a given topic. Yeah. And Meadow is like that, you know, she's woke on
1: race. She's yes. woke weaponized on wokeness for 100%. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
3: And so David Chase is trying to be like, God libs, you're so fucking annoying sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so Meadow is like the 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 Trojan horse, right? Yes. Like the, she's the vessel for yes. liberal annoyance or right. no how annoying liberals can be. Yes. Um yes, and exactly. so you know, like it's definitely to serve a purpose, but in the moment I'm just like Oh my God, shut the hell up. Stop trying to explain to your freaking goomba pops that your black boyfriend is smart. No, he doesn't
2: care. He doesn't give a fuck
0: if he gets a wrong scholarship. That's not why he's mad about it. He called him the Hasidic homeboy to his face. (laughs) Do you think he gives a shit? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I will say, uh, AJ... Soprano, probably one of my favorite child actor oh performances, because kiss. he it was just so perfect at, at being that kind of nineties kid, perfect. the little new metal nineties kid who's afraid of everything and uh, and also has emotional problems. Like they didn't make him He's into so like a, a Jackie Jr. Where he's like, oh, I just want no. to be like my pops, you know? Hey, what got a couple goo. They they made him into someone who's like, I want to go see Slipknot, <laughs> and, and, and his dad just hates him so much. Like that was, that was beautiful. Yeah, AJ and, is.
3: It was. I think he got a lot of shit at the time, like oh, sure. in real time. But if you rewatch that show, mm-hmm. what they're doing with AJ is incredible. Yeah. Um, in terms of just explaining to you, it's like, what if Tony? grew up, like, spoiled as shit yes. in the burbs. Yes. He'd be fucking AJ. Yeah.
0: Yes, 100%. But this is not a podcast about no. the Sopranos no. anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is now a podcast about The Wire. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. When you
2: Pod. The garden,
0: Pod.
4: You're Podcast If
0: podcast, school children season four. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, once again today we're going to be talking about from Season 4 of The Wire, Episode 9, Know Your Place. uh came out November 12, 2006. Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis?
1: I definitely can break you off a piece of this synopsis that mm, you made you. me write because you do yes. that now. Yep. It's your Here job. it is. Carcetti realizes that governing is going to be a lot different than getting elected, <laughs> Randy has a new scheme. Presbo can't escape the stats game. Omar is out of jail and making promises. Bunny takes the kids out to dinner. Kima finally makes some real detective money. And Herc is still a big, dumb idiot who ruins everything.
0: That's right. That is that is everything that happens. And uh, it is a great synopsis that you wrote. But Vince, what was happening at the time that this episode came out? We need That's the right, context.
1: Matt. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. As we always like to say here on Pod Yourself the Wire, we cannot evaluate art uh, separate from its cultural context. We have to put some of that context back in and we do that with the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for
0: newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline.
4: There ain't no back in the day machine tells the tale, son.
1: That's right. Today we're going all the way back to November 12th, 2006, Mm. uh, the Sunday when this episode came out. Some Mm. of the headlines that were happening, uh, Gerald Ford to be president who's lived the longest. Wow. Uh, Gerald R. Ford will break Ronald Reagan's record on Sunday and become the longest lived president at 93 years and 121 days.
0: Damn, dude. Uh, This is another thing Jimmy Carter's about to beat him on.
1: Oh, he already did, yeah.
0: (laughs) He'd been beat him. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Uh, Ford has suffered various health problems in recent years, and he underwent angioplasty and received a pacemaker at the Mayo Clinic in August.
0: Yeah, a lot of his health problems uh, stem from trying to climb stairs. (laughs) I don't know. I I I don't really remember. I I wasn't alive in the 70s. What did people make fun of him for? I heard
1: that happened. I, I don't know if he actually fell down the stairs, or that was just something that he must have, right? Yeah, he did. I'm sure he. And then did. Chevy Chase did it, and then everybody was like, "Ha, that guy's, guy's I a real card." Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's doing very well," said Mr. Ford's chief of chief of staff, Penny Circle. Uh, Penny Circle. The update on this uh, is that he died a month later, and oh, uh,
0: yeah. Shit. So wait, did he did he end up beating Ronald Reagan?
1: He did beat Ronald Reagan. But uh, he did not beat Jimmy Carter, who is ninety nine now.
0: Dang, that is so crazy! Hasn't Jimmy Carter been in
1: hospice for
0: like a year now? Well, I mean, he, they thought he that. was
3: like pretty much every year. There's like a death scare with like not even joking. It's it's every year people are just like, all right, this is yeah, this,
1: this is, is g- gonna be the one. I like to think that in his mind, he's like, you know what? I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I'm gonna live longer than Kissinger. Uh, yeah. no matter what happens
0: dude fucking a like i just i want him to live to see kissing like i just want him to live long enough to piss on kissinger's grave yeah
1: yeah <laughs> that's
0: all i want um
1: yeah. other news uh, arctic of mostly open water predicted by summer 2040 fun yeah new studies project that the arctic ocean could be mostly open water during the summer by 2040 Several mm. decades earlier than previously expected, partly as a result of global warming caused by emissions of greenhouse gases. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> the projections come from computer stimulations of climate and ice and from direct measurements showing that the amount of ice coverage has been declining for 30 years. Yeah. So I'm glad we fixed that. We did. That's sense. all
0: taken care of. We decided to to suck the greenhouse gases out. The yeah. way that you know Vince's mom sucks the come out of my teeth. Wow.
1: Sorry. <laughs> okay. sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's <clears throat> that's how the show's going. Um, that's how it's gonna go. This last one I was just gonna read most of this because, who boy is this a slice of the times? And, okay. Uh, um, this is from the New York Post. Uh, keep in mind, November 12, thousand six, from Adam Brodsky. a Headline: Iraq a mess, but so what. Oh, that's yeah. a
0: great question. Yeah, that's a great, great question. So what? I yeah. never thought about it that way before, Adam.
1: I know. Uh, you're gonna like this one.
0: Big, fucking deal! <laughs> oh, yeah. go, go on.
1: Many Americans, Pre- President Bush said Wednesday, voted to register their displeasure with the lack of progress in Iraq. Mm. So did he by dumping defense secretary Donald Rumsfeld. Mm. But what exactly are people upset about? Is the situation in Iraq really so grim? Certainly the realities of Iraq don't justify the enormous resentment that some insist is the explanation for Tuesday's results. Yes, Iraq is a mess. Sectarian violence has spiraled. Iraqi forces seem not only unprepared, but unreliable, raising the question of whether they'll ever be ready to take over security. Mm. The political situation seems headed nowhere. Development of infrastructure is wholly inadequate and America's exit seems nowhere in sight. How did exit become the chief goal anyway?
0: Yeah, I thought it was going to be a hundred year right.
1: <laughs> like, uh he makes a lot of good points in this uh in this paragraph in which he uh addresses the counterarguments to his argument. Let's see what yeah. else he has to say. Uh yet other parts of the world, say Sudan, are as bad off as Iraq or worse. <laughs>
0: We didn't invade Sudan. Is this whole thing just like, even if we go in there and make it like terrible, like so the fuck what? <laughs>
1: yeah, we when were compared bored. to other terrible places. He's, it's not yeah, so he's bad. He's just
3: saying it, it, as bad as it's gotten, it's still not as bad as the Sudan. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah in, in which
0: a genocide happened it's still not as bad as that
1: true okay <laughs> let's let's get to his doozy of a point so maybe the rule is do nothing and you're held harmless intervene and fail to make things perfect and you're out
0: perfect <laughs> it's not even close.
4: Wow.
1: that's that's amazing but where's the evidence that americans are worse off in any tangible way because of iraq mm, yeah that's, that's a great that's point. always the big question we got to think about ourselves for a second Yes, families suffer enormously when a relative is killed or injured. There. <laughs> wow. That's Jesus. tragic. But the 3,000 U.S. military deaths over the past three and a half years amounts wow. to less than three thousandths of a percent of the U.S. population per year. Yeah, yeah.
0: I always like to wow, reduce bro. grieving families Jesus, di- <laughs> grief down to a statistic. But does he?
1: does he even get into, like, for what's the benefit to American let's, citizens? I mean, let's keep going. We got to find out. <laughs> Uh, that many Americans die from drunk driving every 20 days. Iraq is not World War II in terms of casualties. It's not even Vietnam. Yeah. Yes, the war is costing tens American
0: American casualties. By the even way, even hundreds
1: of billions of dollars. But America's gross domestic product is 13 trillion a year. The fact is, any serious effort to confront terror will be costly. The terrorists happen to terror. be in the Middle East, particularly Iraq. Mm, oh my God. Citation needed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, we either fight them there for 50 years if need be, or we don't, and the chips will fall where they may. Or
0: we don't was uh, the the option that works out best for everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, it turns out. <laughs> I like uh, the or we don't. Oh, here's another really good one. The loss of Iraqi life. Well, sure. That's tragic, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, where, where, where? The loss of a million Iraqis. <laughs> like, this
1: is so grim. Well, crumb. sure. This that's this. tragic, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so know. grim. But-, but- but if sectarian violence means anti-American Shiites killing anti-American Sunnis or vice versa, Who cares? how much sleep should Americans <laughs> lose over Bush's failure to stop it? Oh, mm. my God. That mm. may sound cold, but the killers are free to end their violence whenever they like. Really, the only thing Americans should worry about regarding Iraq is quitting prematurely and emboldening terrorists. Yes. yes. That aside, the economy and other f- issues affect us more. God.
2: I
0: love it when you're just like, um, hey, I would like to uh, write for the post. Um, I, my qualifications are, I don't have a soul. Is that? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you're hired. Good so.
1: <laughs> Hold on. Can you write a one sentence paragraph? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Get over good. here. Make it run on. No me, Oxford let, commas. Let's no make sure, fucking hyphens. Let's make sure that your longest paragraph is the one acknowledging all the flaws in your argument.
0: Yeah and i love that it was just like yeah sure list of horrible things but (laughs) don't care (laughs) (laughs) okay cool Uh, don't think
3: about that and you know what's crazy is that even by 2004 like even people like this doofus in the new york post recognized that folks who even read the post needed to be convinced Yes. That this yeah. was a war worth fighting. Yeah. Just a year later, yeah. like yeah. conservative people needed to be convinced that
0: the Iraq War was something the U.S. should be involved in. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, fucking, you can't, you know, you can't stop manufacturing consent. The consent expires after a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. You got to keep your consent fresh. Because he's
3: not even he's not even going after people for being, you know, tree hugging, limp wrists. No no he's talking to the post
0: people who read the post Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) he's literally just like yo it's not that big of a deal stop caring about people's
4: lives yeah they're just
0: brownies he's trying to convince people who regularly read articles with the like headline rape schmape you know (laughs) 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 like he's trying to convince those hogs by the way to uh, keep keep the faith by yeah. the
1: way he still works at the new york post i just wanted people to know that he's been Look there for man. 23 years that's the kind of people that keep their jobs in uh yeah. journalism so good yeah. good for him i good. you know good to maybe know. i should have worked for the post that was whatever yeah so that's, that's what i screwed up on
0: that's your bus bro you're yeah
1: um yeah all right so that's uh i think you're properly contextualized
0: 100 percent contextualized i understand what's going on and i'm glad that we did that um this uh week's balmer b story i'm just gonna play a little bit of it uh is uh based on one of my favorite songs of the 90s um oh i love
1: it i can't wait i'm excited yeah
0: and here here it is just a little bit
4: Never serves our kind Don't no, miss the seat stop McDonald dying leaves the rest hungry as for me
0: kiddies. All right so you can listen <laughs> to oh, that full song at, at the end of the episode uh, you know just for people who uh, love a parody song with uh, lyrics having to do with the wire um so yeah, today's episode, we're talking about i mean so much goes on we've got fucking mm-hmm. we've got a a ruth's chris dinner that goes wrong we have bubs uh trying to solve his problem using uh the police and having that backfire on him uh we've got uh Karketty, uh being told he basically has to keep burrell a lot of places to go let's get some general thoughts on this episode vince what did you like this episode?
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is sort of an anchor episode, uh, in this season, uh, which as we said, as big was said that, uh, you know, this season is sort of, uh, it's showing you all of the consequences of all the, you know, the ma- the machinations of the crumbling institutions going on in the rest of the wire. Um, you know, and then this episode specifically is sort of about the tribal politics and provincialism, of the hood where uh you know running away means going across town both for Omar and for <laughs> Old Face Andre that's, and that's right. and Presbo he's in a new industry but it's working basically the same way as the other one uh yeah. did. Um I you know I I thought it was a, a little hokey like maybe in a couple spots but uh one of the wires yeah. saddest episodes I think.
0: Yeah, 100%. Big Waz, what'd you it, think of this episode?
3: Yeah, it felt like they were setting up a bunch of stuff, right? Because obviously we know what's gonna end up being Randy's fate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, just why Carcetti's sort of uh, run as mayor is going to eventually, eventually, be ineffectual. Mm-hmm. Like it just sets up all of the pieces as somebody who's watched this all the time. And I'm just kind of just parachuting into this episode. Yeah, it's like, oh man, they they show you um, they, they just set a bunch of pieces in motion. And then, you know, uh, again, a lot of the stuff that I think you don't really think of when you think of stuff like police work, which is just like money yeah. overtime. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? The court pay the this, like, mm-hmm. these are motivating factors. this like, this is This shit moves people. I I think that was... People don't think about how cops get money, right? You might hear what a cop's salary or his hourly wage or whatever the case may be. You don't think about how they get extra money out of the system, right? right? And so I I thought that was really cool about it. The way they did the, the Michael... Um, and his stepdad situation, I thought yeah. that was done quite delicately, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, the the way they 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 told that story. um, uh, but mostly, yeah, what I got from it was like, this is a table setting episode mm-hmm. more so, so than anything
1: else, yeah. I mean, I just to piggyback off that a little bit, i I feel like the way that they showed how. Karketi, you know, whatever you think of Carcetti at this point in the show, whether you think that he like genuinely wants to do good or whether he's just in it for himself, they show that like regardless of, you know, what motivated him to get there. Like he's now in a situation where he has to care about a whole different set of things. Like he had, like he, even if, if you believed all the shit that he said leading up to this episode about what he wanted to do with the city and and the changes that he wanted to make, like now he's in a room with these other politicians and like their whole deal is trading favors for each other. And like that, and, and, you know, and talking to these developers and that's like, that is his new circle. And those are the people that, he's closest to now regardless of what he cares about or what he does it's like now he's in a he's in a spot to where horse trading is now like his job right
0: yeah the uh the kind of political idealism is immediately shattered in one meeting with uh his cabinet that includes <laughs> yeah. uh Norris
1: who machine uh, politics so beautiful like you jumped the line it's so
0: inspiring doesn't it make (laughs) you want to go out and canvas yes it does it's like and i've said this before but it's one of the reasons why when barack obama said his favorite show was the wire i was like red flag red flag red flag (laughs) how can you watch that show and and be like i should get into politics (laughs) 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 yeah uh, I'm like, listen, it's one of my favorite shows too, but I don't understand
1: why I wouldn't run for president because I've seen this show. Um, Especially when you're like, you know, my two favorite shows are The Wire and The West Wing. And right. Like, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh, okay. How. How do you? And my
3: two favorite characters are Stringer Bell yeah. and Commissioner Burrell. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two people who I love the I most. I just love
0: watching them work. You know, <laughs> they're so smart. Um, yeah, as, uh, uh, watching Carcetti and uh, you know, kind of what's happening around Carcetti and the way that people are reacting to him is 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 very interesting because you see. Daniels and Rhonda being like, "You know finally maybe this is this is our chance to for something good to happen, some change mm-hmm. to happen, and um, we just know like
2: <laughs> you just yeah and,
0: and it's funny too, because in this episode, I think uh Michael only has a few scenes um but the in the scenes that Michael does have, he is the only person in the show who makes the correct choice even though his choice is to uh to go to Marlowe and chris partlow and be like i need y'all to take care of this for me because he's the only one who does not decide to trust his fate to an institution Mm. everyone else he does though what the institution of? i mean the institution of gang life yeah exactly you know? I mean, I he think
1: fucked up in his own way, because now I, he's—I I,
0: I mean, in a way. But I do think it is like—I think it's a stretch to say that that is an institution versus things like the schools, the social workers, the the mm-hmm. cops, the—I don't know. You he, know city he decided politics. to
1: entrust his fate to a guy who uh just killed a uh delivery lady because it was expedient for him in the, that moment which i don't know if is like the greatest decision he, he
0: understands uh that in order to get what he wants here the choice is uh entrust your life uh, and the life of your little brother to some drunk at the school who's a social worker um or to talk to the people who he knows uh, know how to make a body disappear. And and you can say he he made
1: a great choice for bug. I don't know if he made a great choice for himself, but yeah, Well,
0: I mean, I guess to me, I look at like the alternatives here within the system that he's in within uh, like his options, which are only a handful. He only has a handful of options here. uh, He, he realizes that he's got to get rid of this, Uh, most likely child molester is kind of what they're, they're Mm -hmm. hinting at, Uh, you know, Bugs dad seems like he might be a rapist, a child sexual predator.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, those
0: things. And he's like, and he's, he understands that like, uh, I guess Michael's thing for me, I look at it and I go like, this guy has some real trust issues. He has not yet accepted help from anybody on the show. uh, you know, Bodie is like, hey, you, you seem good at this. You want to take this corner? I'll give you your own corner. And he said, nah, man, that's fine. Marlowe tries to give him money earlier in the season, and he won't take it because he doesn't feel comfortable accepting uh, money. He doesn't want to accept help from Cuddy, even though Cuddy is actually trying to look after him. Uh, he's not accepting help from Prez Belewski or the social worker or nobody, and he realizes, you know, the only option that he has left – uh, is either to do nothing and put, you know, him, his mother and his little brother at risk or talk to the only person he knows who he can get results from.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel that's like trusting, C- trusting Cuddy might have been a better uh No, it might have been. I don't yeah. doubt
3: that it would have been better. I, I I mean, obviously, I agree with you. I just yeah. so for me, when I watch that and that's why it's cool to talk to people about this kind of shit, because for me, when I watched that was. I was like. Somebody might ask themselves, how does Chris, you know, or Snoop end up in a murderous organization, right? Right. Well like yeah. why would anybody ever join a, a murderous organization like that? And I think in the case of Michael it's like yo in my time of need these people were there for me. right? Yeah, in a way 100%. that I can like really it's very easy for me to recall. It was huge. It was life-changing yes. the way that these people were there for me in my time of need. And so that's what I kind of took from No, for sure. That whole thing. It's like how do how does one end up right. in a situation Like a lot of the guys that we see In those situations on the show And even in real life It's like well there was a time man where I had an actual real human need. Yes. Um. And these guys were able to meet it for me. Um. And, this, and in this case, like, they killed a motherfucker, yeah. you know. But, like, you know, it could be a myriad of things. It could be, you know, that time your your people got evicted and you had a, a right. couch to sleep on. Or, yes. You know, like, it, it, it could be a, a myriad of things. Right. That somebody who was in your vicinity, who then later on becomes whatever they become, the reason why they've engendered some level of loyalty from you Mm-hmm. is that they were there for you in a time of need 100
0: yeah. and you have to keep in mind too michael is approached by chris partlow and snoop uh a few like earlier in the season a few episodes ago and he says you know snoop and chris are like you know when you're with us you're with us when you're a jet you're a jet all the way and he's just like you know uh when you're here your family uh and and Michael olive garden yeah yeah he said uh, uh, chris Barlow <laughs> promised him unlimited breadsticks, breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh and michael says to him like verbatim i already have a family and you know so he does not see the need to ally himself with this guy to be a part of some family it's he's got himself he's got bug that's all he needs and when bug is put at risk with this you know fucking rapist um he realizes that he's going to need more than just himself, you know, because that this is his family at risk. And the fact that it's tragic that those are his options, but when you look at what happens to so many other people in this show, so many of, uh, so many of the kids, so many of the fucking adults, you, you kind of can't help, but at least I can't help, but look at it and go like, that was a, a sad choice that kind of, made it makes sense to me oh, like I yeah, it explains
1: it. the choice hundred percent,
0: yeah, um but yeah it's uh it's really like again, the show does such a great job of putting you in a position to understand why people make those types of choices, uh like you were saying, you know, big was uh it is it's like why would someone join this? you know, it just seems so scary and it's like well. Uh look what happens yeah. when Randy tries to, you know, uh protect himself by trusting uh Mrs. Donnelly or trusting the cops that he's talking to. Mm-hmm. I mean <clears throat> Herc in this episode fucking Herc man, <laughs> oh, man. herk in this episode Herc, fucks up in ways that are <gasps> almost impressive in his incompetence. <laughs> yeah. like not only does he like fuck up randy's life but he also gets bub's ass kicked again
1: yeah just by uh, being lazy and self-involved
0: yes uh and uh yeah i i have a a clip of of herk fucking up uh in his interrogation of uh of little kevin says will hold him there five minutes for you to get across town i'm in the middle of an interview here
4: what the fuck? tell him we'll fix his problem tomorrow all right
3: he ain't got a phone
4: he was there when lex got killed you were part
3: of the fucking setup we know because we have a witness who puts you right in there Yeah,
4: we do.
2: Know how to make an interrogation
4: work? Leverage. You weren't alone in this. We know that.
3: You mean Randy?
4: I'm asking you questions, remember?
0: Just the amount of fuck-up that is happening simultaneously, I'm just impressed by. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like he's he's gives away his entire you know leverage like we do know what happens so we can just keep pressing on this guy and we know when he's lying and then to like basically implicate i mean he dry snitches on randy right there without even knowing he's doing it and like little kevin is not like some criminal mastermind he's a fucking kid and just it's it's just so dude it's so insane watching that. And so like when I look at Michael's choice, I'm like, I get it. What are you going to trust Herc to fucking figure this shit out for you?
3: Dude, and the 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 great thing about Herc, I forget the guy, the actor's name Dominic or something. Yeah, Dominic Lumberdozi. Yeah. Yes. Um every time he's popped up in pop culture after this, I assume something ridiculous is going to happen.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Like when he was Vince's cousin in Entourage, Mm -hmm. Um, he pops Mm -hmm. up uh, uh, in that new Netflix movie with uh, Benicio del Toro. Yeah, Um, reptile. Yeah, yeah, reptile. He pops up in that movie, and I'm just like, oh boy, here come Herc again. (laughs) Yeah, here he (laughs) comes. He's got a face that screams
1: uh, Bronx henchman. Dude,
3: it's it's Boardwalk Empire. I think he was in. He's always fucking shit up. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he's always highly entertaining. But yeah, the, the fact that he, you know, the minute that he gets something out of Bubs, he just leaves him out to dry.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's
3: not even like, yo, let me get on a call with him. Like, whatever, you got this chump arrested. Go get mm-hmm. on the phone with Bubs. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he, get, he just got you, this guy. Yeah. He just yeah. got this for you.
0: Like, yeah. Lil Kevin's not going anywhere, dude. Like, like, like bu- just. Reciprocate it, it, this thing, but but because
3: Herc is such an oaf and a yes. terrible cop, he does the opposite.
0: Yeah, and, and he burns two people at once. Like, wow, bro. Yes, it's and and we have to watch Bub's not just get like burned, but like. He, humiliated yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Bubs has the worst scene in this where you're just like oh my god this poor fucking guy uh, I have a clip of this as well
3: here Name, bro. No. What you got for me tonight? I've been listening all day long, dog. No, no, we done with this right here. We done with this. Say what? Don't play me. I ain't got time for your shit. My well, shit's all you gonna get, alright? Maybe you can kiss my ass, I'll fucking trouble you give me.
0: No, don't
3: stick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> alright, hey. What you looking for, huh? It's not there, it's on me, alright?
4: It's on you? Yeah. No, 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 stop me!
0: oh boy you're just like god damn it, damn. god damn it hurts. when he said no 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 this is like, <laughs> like not a the face let's about to get whooped by his parents oh my goodness oh, i know and uh, you just you know you you can't i at least i can't help but go like yeah i'm all if i'm in any of these guys positions i am only asking the guys with the big big guns to help me I'm not asking an institution. I'm not asking a company, man, like fucking there's just no matter how many good intentions are there. And there's, the show is filled with people with good intentions filled with people who are trying to help, but they don't fully grasp the idea that the system that they're working in is not, is not good at helping. So,
3: so that's the cool, the coolest and the saddest part of the show is Again, and we was talking about this before we got on air. It's just Mm. like in society, we're taught to think of, you know, these great men or women who come in and save the day, (laughs) who swoop in and and do all of this. And the reality is there's no other way to be mayor in Baltimore. Yeah. Like you can only do the job this one way. You have to do back scratching Mm kind of situation. There's no other way. I mean, there's other way to be a cop. But it's not going to change the overarching system.
2: No. (laughs) Like, the
3: system is going to be what it is. It's not about some individual, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just Cape Crusader who comes in and makes everything awesome. In fact the only time we ever see a system sort of change is the co-op when they organize together (laughs) to be like, we're not going to do this individualistic shit anymore. We end up just killing each other in the process, attracting the attention of the police. Let's start... A union. Yeah. Even, yes. then, even then,
1: uh, even then, Marlo comes in and he kind of fucks the whole I thing know, up. I know, right? Yeah. But
3: but that's the only time you you were able to get some change on the street level is that the dealers decided to organize themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the only time you get to see um, beyond what Marlo is doing, kind of a reduction in the violence because people are trying to you know, trying to not kill each other and trying to run this like a legitimate business. And uh, yeah, it, it's funny because like, it, it, if anything, it shows you that like one single caped crusader can't like fix the system, but one can completely destroy <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, they can't and, fuck it all up for everybody. Yeah, fuck it up so easily. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, I I think there's a lot of, Interesting stuff happening with Marlo and Prop Joe in this episode, in that, like, Prop Joe is still trying to sell Marlo on the co op, and you know, um, is
1: and Marlo is just like, I will use this, uh, for as long as it benefits me and no longer,
0: yes. Uh, and just I, I have to point out this is not plot based at all, mm-hmm. but, um, in this scene where marlo and prop joe are uh talking they're kind of like talking about the money <clears throat> and you know prop joe's like we we've got old face andre as a gift i just need to point out um this is the money who the fuck's that guy
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you guys look i don't at... know i did not look that closely but <laughs> and uh, so i like i had to motion zoom in picture and use of... only yes
0: for only for motion picture use and then whatever the fuck that is <laughs> with this fake uh like wow. ai version of benjamin franklin that Frank's is life. amazing <laughs> it looks a little bit know. like
1: joe biden before uh, all the surgery
4: this
0: is he looks Holy like fucking moley. Paul Giamatti as Benjamin Franklin. I just was like, this is <laughs> this is the problem with the fact that all shows are like, you know, uh remastered in like four K now as you can see the fake money guy. <laughs> Look at this guy. That who the That is fuck are you? incredible. Dude. Isn't that great? I
3: love this dude. I, I um, would love to know who the model is yes, for this me pig too. because it's you know, this is before nowadays they just AI generate some yeah. dude, yeah. Yeah. that looks like you know, um, he's he's from some you know 17th century painting, a yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, founding father in the this style. This is of money. definitely somebody modeled for this, yes, yeah,
0: this is like. We gotta find David this Simon's guy. cousin or something He's Facts. like, hey, can uh, can you play Benjamin Franklin on Money for me? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible! Isn't that great? I just thought that was one of my favorite guys. My uh,
1: my wife, my wife, uh, <clears throat> showed me like a piece of trivia that uh, in Home Alone, there was like a picture that. Kevin looks at like of his cousin or something. And he's just like, Ooh, like it's uh it's some cousin that he's supposed to be like grossed out by. And, mm-hmm. uh, the art director thought it'd be too mean to use like a real girl. So he got like Christopher Columbus's, uh, son and put a wig on him. And I was like, that's, <laughs> Oh, that's sweet. I always, I always wonder about those things because they do use, like, uh, you know, cameo actors in really harsh ways sometimes. Yeah, like in this show
0: when they had, like, the big girls walking down the hall. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then they all just, like, laugh at them and call them fat. And you're just like, oh, those are real people. It's me. (laughs) Guys. Yeah. Yeah. How How did that happen? Oh. I think Brent tried to enter to... Up oh, there he there is. is. Hey, there I am. Hey. I, yeah, the
1: money it looked like Kelsey Grammer. It could have been Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> <laughs> it did look like Fraser became president. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, talking about money, we need some of
0: that stuff too, don't we, guys? We yeah. do. Yeah. Money uh, makes the world go round, and we need to earn some mm. by people listening to some wonderful advertisements for some great products. So stick around, and we will be right back. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, (laughs) because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m., With my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, You helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline. And now I'm asking for you to do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th. 7 p.m. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm gonna be there. Francesca's gonna be there. Uh, someone else is gonna open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're gonna have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area, and you you know you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife, who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right.
4: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
0: Uh, within the confines of this episode, Vince, what do you what do you want to talk about?
1: Ooh, um I thought Kima, you know, not necessarily like the storyline that sets up any other storylines, but uh, a very good one nonetheless.
0: Yeah. Watching Kima use her uh, overtime money to pay back child support. Yeah.
1: Sherman.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, uh, I appreciate the fact that, um, she f- feels an obligation, uh, to pay child support at all <laughs> because, uh, I feel like, um, I don't know, like most cops would have to be chased down to get that money. And, uh, well, she yeah, seems like the one, I don't know. The one just, good
1: cop. I, maybe it's cause I'm a step parent and like, I've had friends who've, uh, been in long-term relationships with, uh people with kids and then you know had it not work out it's weird that you can go from uh, like she goes from being uh, like that kid's mom to basically being a stranger like real fast and uh, yeah yeah
0: no it's it's definitely sad and you know watching her like show up at Cheryl's place and see the like the nice little life that she has built for herself and her child and with the new you know with the new hot girlfriend and and just um, seeing the <laughs> stuff she could have had. Yeah. Uh, she gets a great she, dad
1: joke in there, too.
0: Dude, I feel like that's one of the. When you say that this is one of the sadder uh, scenes, that to me was the saddest part was her just bombing with the new girlfriend. <laughs> uh, but she
1: killed with Cheryl, so. She did kill. Here's Huma,
2: This is Nancy Owens. <sighs> I'm sorry, the place is the mess you could stay for dinner but
0: sorry the place is a mess it's just filled with so much love
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's really yeah people
0: coming over
4: it's a, kind of a celebration actually
2: yeah i passed the bar this week Huh? congratulations most of the guys i work with have a problem with it with what passing the bar <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: oh boy! you liked it. Yeah. Tough, crowd. Tough, tough crowd. Tough crowd. Tough <laughs> <I don't laughs> crowd. This thing. guy gets it. This guy gets it. Uh, the rest yeah. of you
1: guys, you'll get that on the ride home.
0: Yeah, it's a slow burn that mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, no, I mean Kima is like kind of seeing the results of her choices in this like yeah. uh, episode storyline, and uh, it's it is it is hard to watch, but it is also like. You know, at the end of the day, I think Kima wasn't wrong in that she's just she loves being a cop. So, yeah. It's never right. What worked.
3: And I think that's so that's what the scene and, and the Kima's uh, storyline with this is supposed to convey. It's like it's kind of hard to maintain a normal family life. Um when you're doing what Kima does for a living, right? And you're yeah. dedicated to it. And you're making OT. And you're, like, it, it mm-hmm. becomes its own thing. And it's hard to mm-hmm. to maintain a family, like, all the nights drinking and yeah. all of that stuff. And you know what's funny about this, too? Because I think what a lot of people um, respond to about The Wire is, like, it's kind of anti-copaganda, right? Like, it's... Right. It's cops as cogs in a machine and yes. not like these fucking heroes. And the funny thing too, because I think the show that people most associate with copaganda and rightfully so is Blue Bloods, yeah. which um I've been watching to go to sleep for the past, like, three, four weeks. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still on season one because obviously those seasons go, like, 25 episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. But the thing about that show that's hilarious in comparison to this Kima scene is that, like, four generations of that family are always sitting around a table sharing meals and having these intellectual this um conversations mm-hmm. and this and it's just these well to do people. It like shows like cops is like being not even like, oh you get to have your family life. Right. It's like this Irish shit where it's like, nah, bro, like you're still connected to your grandfather and your yeah. aunt and your uncle and your cousin, and it's like this huge, like extended family. Like these cops are just enjoying that. Right. Like you're, when you're a cop, you also take family serious. Mm-hmm. And the wire is like, no, dude. Yeah. No. When you're good at your freaking job, you never yeah. see your fucking wife and kids. Yeah. And when you get divorced, you better pray you can pay that goddamn child support
0: right yeah it's we'll like show two you,
3: like different messages yeah. we'll yeah. show you
0: the real Irish shit through McNulty <laughs> exactly <Just> having, <laughs> yeah. having drunk sex with waitresses for exactly. pizza you're just like no this is this is not the Irish uh, this is not the Irish dream where it's like you move to America you become a cop and your children are cops and their children are the cops. cops and we're all hanging out you're sitting around the table having a
1: potato talking about police work
0: yeah you know <laughs> Just enjoying life as an Irish cop. Instead, it's like, just like, you know, it's a bunch of divorcees going like, I hate me wife. <laughs> I hate me fucking wife. Yo, and the the, the the degree
3: to which all the cops on the wire are just drunks. Yes, yes. Like, these guys go out and get Pissed. Yes, yes. Yeah. Watching,
1: I'm, uh, watching bunk, like puke on the curb, uh, <laughs> as a 40 something year old man, it, like it, it hits different. Cause when you're yeah. like 27 and watching that, you're yeah, like, oh yeah. dude, that's cool. Dude. This, yeah, these I'll guys are that. fucking, I'll, I'll do I'll, that. Yeah, that. That's that like cool. I'm and then as a 40 year old man, you're like, bro, you're drinking enough to puke as a, oh as like God, a 40 year old man. Jesus Christ. You need to get it together, dog.
0: Yeah, The Wire is great at making characters so drunk that you feel like (laughs) sick watching them. You're just like, how are you like, like just awakening a memory of pain in in my brain right now, where I'm like, why do I feel like I need to vomit? Um, yeah, no, I mean, Kima's character is probably, you know, th- would be, is even like the most sympathetic to cops of most of the characters on the yeah, show. She's as
3: close as we get to like a sainted figure on right. the show, especially you on know, the cop
0: side. Right. Yeah. Because like everyone else, you know, like, like at the end of the day, Kima chose, uh, being a cop, which means being, uh, someone who who gets drunk and fucks random chicks over, raising a family with cheryl so it's mm-hmm. that she's not in any way perfect but you at least see a little bit of like humanity there where yeah. she is sad that this is the life she has you know chosen and you know mcnulty in well this- she's
1: better than mcnulty because she realizes that she would be bad for that kid yeah at right. least she lets yes. the
0: woman go be
3: like all yes. right i'm exactly. never gonna make you happy go make yourself happy
1: yes because i
3: know i can't do it Right, yes. I Mignols mean, is just lying to himself and the chick, and it's just 100%. tragedy.
0: Yes, yes. That's right. Isn't that right, Snoop? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Uh no, that I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like Kima knows that this is not gonna work out. It's yeah. only gonna end on. so much worse. And she's getting out before the kid even knows that she abandoned him. So that's nice. Uh yeah, but um, moving on from, from that storyline, uh, you know, I think one of the main ones, uh, the well, at least what made the episode stand out to me, something that I think is the iconic thing in this episode is uh, the corner kids classroom, uh, the contest that um, Bunny has for them all working together, and its result at a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, uh, I think... I think that to me is like we've talked about this before and I remember I think we even talked about it when we were talking about the the sopranos we had brought up this scene um and I I I love what it is doing but I also still have trouble kind of like totally buying the idea that they've never been served by a, a, a waiter before or that they, you know, like I understand them feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> like they're surrounded by like people who are like a much higher socioeconomic class.
3: Let me tell you something about the service at black owned businesses, man. Yes, please, please, please do. Because I have been
2: told I was wrong
0: about this before. And I'm just like,
2: but You've been me, to an
3: Olive Garden? Let me tell you something, yes. man. Um, There is a way that like, so because, you know, I'm, I'm part of the black professional class mm-hmm. and a lot of people in my cohort, a lot of the shit that they be on is like, we need to support local black business. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's black, it's it's fantastic. And you just right. need to do it. And I don't give a fuck how many black people are watching this right now. Y'all know I'm right. <laughs> Oftentimes, you walk into these black fucking businesses and you get some of the worst service that you'd ever got in your goddamn life. It's a fucking fact. And yeah. so, if these homies who grow up in the hood. And generally, if they are going to a restaurant, they're not going to, you know, some fancy, basically upper echelon chain establishment where you have a maitre d' and you have a this and you have a separate sommelier and you have a this and you got one chick in there. Covering the tables, she's taking her goddamn time. Uh-huh. She got an attitude like you doing her. A, she's doing you a favor by <laughs> allowing you to spend your heart on bread in there. Uh, trust me, it's it's not gonna be a Ruth's Chris experience. <laughs> it's not, and, and, fair, and, and i will be enough. T- so my lady is is a black woman, and she's one of those people. And I, I don't want to put her out there, but I think she's. I think there was like a fervor going back to even before George Floyd and all of that, but there was like a fervor for like a few years of this like, quote unquote, buy black Right. And it's not to say that Black people are incapable of performing good service. It's like just the nature of a mom and pop outfit is just not gonna be the same. They have investors. Investors Uh, exactly as some restaurant that opens with all these investors and like it's it's the nature of the experience is gonna be different. And I just love when me and her bougie ass go to a spot because it was black owned, Uh locally owned, and it's just a god. Awful experience that she's not (laughs) used to getting at the hoity-toity, fancy schmancy. Yeah, and I think even she's kind of you know she's at her um the end of her rope with this you know buy black, support black because like you know there's like this idea that as a black person is supposed to be this liberatory act, right? Right. Like I'm liberating myself somehow by getting some fucking schmuck who just opened a chicken shack richer. You know, (laughs) like there's just this idea that. Black commercialism can be mm. this liberatory act. Right. And so, you know, I I really do buy the idea that they have never experienced the upper echelon sure. service experience. Yeah. I also think yeah.
1: there's like a, a particularly American thing we do where we expect like a, a high quality of service and ass kissing that people in other places don't because we don't see our service industry people like as people to some extent Mm. like right in other Mm -hmm. places like it's perfectly normal it's normal to like close between the lunch rush and like the beginning of dinner service because it's like yeah you gotta fucking you gotta set up the kitchen again and like people like they're not making any money during those slow times where it's like here you know we expect Everything to happen all the time. Everything to be like ripe all the time. It's sort of. It's like this. We have this these uh, unfair expectations of what the service industry is supposed to look like. One
3: hundred percent. And and for me, like I'm look, I'm the person that tips twenty percent no matter what. Right. You do a bang up job. Here's your twenty. Yeah. You completely stink up the joint. Here's your twenty. Yes. You're competent. Here's yeah. your 20. I'm 20. I like yeah. so yeah, I right. don't do the the whole yo, yes. this person Dance needs to me. earn the bread. Yes. And it's like yes. I'm not doing this shit with y'all. I I yes. came here to eat. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. didn't I didn't come here to be rasmatized right. by, you know, <laughs> the the, the sideshow. I, yes. I came here for that goddamn pork chop. That's that's yes. what I'm here for. You <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah.
0: And nothing makes me more uncomfortable than Feeling like the server, like feels forced to be something that they're not in the in the moment. Like nothing so, makes me like so, I want to say it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I mean, so, I get uncomfortable being served.
3: So. so here's the here's the ill part too. It's like mm-hmm. I've gone to like certain Korean spots in Queens because there's yeah. like a a Korean neighborhood not far from where I grew up. Where like the freaking weight chick. She was damn near treating us like she was our personal servant. Like she stayed four feet away from the table the whole time and was just like, "Whenever y'all ready, I'm I'm good. Like I'm I'm ready to do what y'all need at every single moment." And I'm not gonna say I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Who doesn't but, want but, a personal But I servant. know. But that's not the expectation. That cannot be the expectation. Yeah. That might be yeah. what whatever they you know um, they've decided is. They their, uh how they gonna carry out their service right yeah. but I did notice it I was like man this this freaking person is so attentive it's pretty cool yeah.
1: i i just i hate the expectation of fake pleasantries and like yes. fake commiserating oh, the fake like smile not, the fake like the small fake talk. that and oh. then even worse is when like they let some fucking sociologist write the script for like their outsourced customer service kind of thing where you call <laughs> and you're like okay my internet's broken i need to fix it in the shortest amount of time possible and the person will be like I'm so sorry that you're having trouble with your Wi-Fi, sir. I know how frustrating that can be. And you're just like, I know how frustrating that can be. you like, like I know classic. that you're in a fucking airport, air, like an airplane hangar in Bangladesh right now, yeah. and I don't yeah. need you, you to like, fake commiserate with me. Like, yeah. I don't, don't I just
4: care.
0: Don't, I don't like the the feeling that another person, that every single interaction that they're having with a customer or a client feels like their job is on the line
1: yeah yeah i don't need that yeah i don't need you doing i don't need you doing this to get the bullshit five-star review afterwards like just be blame them just be competent and like and uh efficient that's all i ask but but here's
3: what i will say about this so that we could you know go off of it um off of this yeah i know that's how you feel matt but i promise you I, i would like for you to go to Let's call it 10 Jamaican restaurants at random in New York City. I would love for you to get this on tape. Like, just at random, just go to 10 Jamaican restaurants, Jamaican-owned and operated restaurants in New York City. And you might slightly adjust your tune just slightly just slightly tweak it I give a a press
0: conference after visiting 5 to 10 (laughs) jerk chicken joints
2: I've realized that
0: you know you can only be called a botty boy so many times
1: yeah I will I don't know why they kept
0: yelling bumbo clan at me but I did not appreciate it
1: uh <laughs> but yeah, I'm neither uh, a bumbo nor a clat. Why? I'm neither bumbo,
0: no clap But yeah, uh, you know, I I guess watching watching them feel so fish out of water, uh, yeah. Namens, Zenobia, and Darnell, they feel very uh uncomfortable being served. They they won't even give their you know their jackets over and stuff like that. Like that, I totally got every mm-hmm. uh, everything else. Uh, I understood. It was just the yeah. idea for me that they would. Be not used to or not kind of like, like, yeah, I've been to a like an olive garden and whatnot. But of course, you know, I they're they're, they're dealing with a level of poverty and with uh, and eighth graders and yeah. they're eighth graders, but it, 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 it that I clearly you know just don't understand. So, like, for me, I think it just shows you know, uh, where w- the differences is in the way that we grew up in our lives. And well, also, and I, like, I'm, now that I'll you readily have, admit that now sure.
1: that you have children, like you Mm -hmm. have a one year old and change. Like there are certain restaurants that are now uh, like basically don't exist to you anymore because it's like, it's like as soon as that kid has a meltdown, you're like, well, this sucks. It's like now imagine that with, you know, like four more siblings and you're going to like try and take, you're going to try and take a one year old and like three older siblings to like uh, some restaurant that's a sit down, like have a chill meal. Like that's not happening. There's no way.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And
3: And how often are these kids' parents taking them out to eat for real? Right, right, hundred percent. And also the bill,
1: yeah, like the bill that you get, like you know you you're ordering three kids' food that like they're gonna not eat any of. Like you're not gonna be you're not gonna be wanting to go to a place that has twenty dollar entrees.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, they're for sure not going to a Ruth's Chris and maybe not even a Tony Romas, which like to mm. me, Damn. I'm like, that's,
1: that's, so, that's the, that's real, the tragedy. real tragedy. <laughs> yeah, because it is. It's a place for ribs, you know? <laughs> it they is say, a place. They say that. For ribs.
0: Yeah. Or like a, a fucking Red Lobster. I mean, the the idea that's a that weird... Naaman's never had a Cheddar Bay Biscuit is like, that. there should be like NGOs yeah out to the hood (laughs) tony roma's is a weird concept to me because like
1: Uh tony roma's a place for ribs like i don't know when i think ribs like i don't think of like roma like i don't know uh i just
0: assumed that was a guy's name he was like i'm just really good at ribs yeah tony roma it's
1: tony roma yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah he's like a female roma Roma. yeah roma he's probably Uh, dominican yeah, he's a Dominican who loves ribs. And you know what? Mm-hmm. They have service that's good, too. See, I was thinking
1: he's either a traveler or from Italy, and that's probably not... Uh,
0: he's just some Italian guy who made a rib yeah. place, and he, he expanded it. And The know, American dream. He came I, here
3: with, with five cents in his pocket yeah, and made something
0: yeah.
1: of himself. But even, I came even, here with a two tomatoes, <laughs> and now I make <laughs> ribs for everybody. Yeah, I don't know. As an Italian-American, like I don't think that like ribs are our, our fastball. Yeah, I mean, you we, got, like, we think do about a lot Italian of things ribs. well, but I don't. We're not like the first nationality. The fastball
3: is definitely the rib is definitely not the fastball. No, no for absolutely sure
1: not. not. No. Yeah, no. the sausage might be the cured uh, meat yeah. might be. For Look, me. we do a lot of things well. I just feel yeah, like ribs is not of... in the top five. By the way, yeah. can we can we
3: um, for the audience at home? Uh, mm-hmm. Matt has done a Jamaican, an Irishman,
0: and <laughs> an
1: Italian. This <laughs> That's is. Right.
0: Pretty impressive, mm-hmm. I, you know. Uh, listen, I'm a man of many, many talents. he
1: uh, do my of the accent. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's uh, hey, that's what I do. That's why people listen to us talk about the wire. They just wait for the accents to happen. <laughs> um. So yes, uh the kids they're all uh, incredibly embarrassed um not knowing what to do except for Zenovia who seems to actually have some gr- like she's, she's been got a to bit of class like and some, she's yeah. been to a restaurant before and she she knows at least enough to be like you don't drink water with a straw and you don't uh put your napkin you know uh in your in your neck yeah but uh, then but
1: then she starts in with the specials that she's talking about chanterelles and aioli right and and they're all uh, like
0: whoa this is fucking too much i mean i'll admit i didn't know what i don't know what a chanterelle i'm
3: not gonna lie too i hate when i go to a restaurant
0: and they start talking about food.
3: Not even. It's like the, <laughs> they put like the wine menu in the native language. And I'm just like, what are we doing, folks? Uh, yeah. What, are we, yeah. Doing? what yeah. are we doing with this?
2: this
0: I have to read Italian now? Like, yeah, really? Right. Yes. That's the worst When It's actually an Italian place. And, uh and you want to just get a pizza and then you read the super italian names of you're like, not bro, sure we're something, in culver is this, city yes
1: yeah like is this a meat or a vegetable <laughs> uh, they all end with a vowel <laughs> i don't know um, oh i've told the story about franny's in brooklyn so many times it was like the hot pizza spot when i lived in brooklyn and yeah. uh and they took the idea that you're not supposed to sell pizza by the slice because that oh means God. it's like not fresh Ugh. which makes sense that part makes sense that's fine I get it but yeah. they took that to the next level which is like oh no pizza is not meant to be sliced and so they right. would serve right. you unsliced <laughs> pizza and you're like what <laughs> the f-? Fuck, kind of shit is this? They served you unsliced pizza on picnic chairs that have those little like diamond-shaped holes in them, and the only thing they gave you was like a serrated steak knife. Like the second time I went there, I brought my own pizza cutter. And uh Were and these like,
3: Neapolitan pizzas? Yeah, just they were. Regular? They okay, were. Okay. Yeah, they were very good. It was like you know, it was like Neapolitan puffy, like, and not the they, huge like New no, York style yeah, that you're was, just
1: tearing apart with your you. know hands. They fed maybe two to three people, but uh like the idea that you weren't supposed to cut them was still <laughs> yeah. stupid. Like what am I supposed to do? Yeah, Fold this absurd. in half like a big taco and uh yeah, I brought my own pizza circular pizza cutter the the next few times i went there and like the hipster waitress with the you know the septum piercing was like oh wow i've never seen anyone do that before
2: <laughs> <laughs> how do you usually eat it, Nailed it. Like, yeah
1: well i i knew what to expect so yeah um back
0: to the wire uh, <laughs> so yeah um you know what was supposed to turn out as a good thing is a bad thing and bunny has to now reckon with the
1: fact that like i mean this is not- just another echo of like the provincialism i mean it's like a couple seasons ago when Bodie didn't know that uh, radio stations were specific to cities and that they right, don't have that the radio same- stations changed yeah. as you
0: drove uh, beyond baltimore mm-hmm. city limits yeah yeah no for sure and and i think you know the the point that this brings up with bunny is that like there's it's one thing to get like hey we got the kids to work together and whatnot but it's another thing entirely to watch them deny their own feelings about something and you know he he goes into the classroom after you know having just humiliated the kids and made them feel bad and then they start acting out and stuff again and fighting. And then he goes into the classroom and they're all pretending they had the best the the time of their life. And he's just like, oh yeah, this is uh this is gonna be a harder thing than uh I thought it was gonna be well also and, like if yeah.
1: you if you take like his initiative to its logical conclusion, which is that we're gonna make these kids so good at school that they're gonna like go to college and uh like get out of the place that they're born like you're realizing that like even even if you got them to understand all the things in the book like the moment where they like leave home and go somewhere to some other city to like go to college or something like that like that's going to be a whole other challenge that they still would be like not prepared for
3: right i think people i think this is a thing that you'll hear a lot of people think or say or used to anyway i don't know what the fuck they're saying now but like Just this idea that if you would just show poor people something, they would see it as something to aspire to, right? Um, Like, oh, if you just show somebody Mm -hmm. a Maserati... They right. will now want to do the things and take the steps that it would take mm-hmm. to get um, a Maserati. Yes.
0: The, which, capi- the capitalism cure all. Yeah.
3: Right. Which I don't even I don't think that's necessarily completely false. Sure. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people, especially when I was growing up, would complain about like, certain type of hip-hop right because yeah yeah there were people that would be like oh real hip-hop is not this materialistic champagne popping blah 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 versace wearing blah 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 like that's not empowering people that's not real that's fake that's commercial this and this and this and that um i happen to be somebody that was into fake commercial you know materialistic hip-hop and to me how yeah. i personally um, Saw some of those things Was aspirational right It's like one right. day I would like to have enough money To have a nice watch One right. day I would like to have enough money To drive a Mercedes Benz Not necessarily rapping um, right, right, Because right. I knew that was no good <laughs> no, Not necessarily <laughs> selling drugs Which is the way right. a lot of people Got the stuff in their In their um, In their music Uh, mm-hmm. But you know it was like that's how I interpreted. it But at the same time though you know i knew people in my neighborhood in queens who by the time me and my individual buddies were like partying in manhattan like the people on our block were like amazed by the idea that we were going to manhattan to party yeah like and like literally i'm talking about a train station away you know, well, not one trade station, but you know what I mean? They could, they could walk to the F train,
1: yeah, go to Manhattan hour.
3: themselves, be in Manhattan, do whatever they wanted. And they were just amazed by the idea that we ourselves were um, going to Manhattan to party. And I think when I got older, I sort of realized that like it was the same thing as naming in them. Like they, they had a feeling that when they yeah. got to Manhattan, they wouldn't feel like that they should be there. They wouldn't feel like that they belong there. They wouldn't feel like sometimes you ever go into a place that maybe you've never been to or even if you've been, you've never been there when a certain crowd that you're not used to was there. And it almost feels like the people there are like furniture. Like they've like always been there like that. They they sort of came with the place like when the place was erected, these people were already there and you can kind of feel yourself not being part of that fabric. Right. And I think a lot of people have that sense of things, you know, and I think that's what they were trying to show in that scene.
1: Right. Or like if you go to a, a store or a restaurant and they don't have uh prices on the menu or on the things that you're supposed to buy there. And it's like, oh, you want me to go and ask one of these people? That's like, like, bro, I'm out of here. This is
0: crazy. My favorite is Market Market. When you, market you price to, but, yeah yeah when yeah. it's just like how much Spaced is this based off it's market yeah it costs yeah. as much as whole market yeah but yeah. if you have
1: to ask then this is not i the just love the idea of
0: opening up a newspaper to the stock section and being like mm, what is lobster today
2: <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> you got a ticker on your phone yeah insane <laughs> yeah. thing silly yes mm.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's different worlds. And, and, uh, you know, this is why institutional rot can be, uh, can spread so much and why it's so hard to, to, to try to isolate individual things to fix and, you know, trying to, you know, well, if I can just get the corner clids, kids in a classroom together and fix this, um, you know, fix their attitude towards working, you know, with each other and towards, um, interrupting then 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 from there we can fix everything or if i can just get people to aspire to want a car you know it's just like man the 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 problems are so much deeper than what you're seeing on the surface and the show does a pretty great job of like making those obstacles kind of like you know to show Real. them And yeah. yeah
3: and and i was having this conversation with somebody the other day um a friend of mine and I was explaining to him how going to high school, the high school that I did, which was like predominantly white, it was like 65% white Mm -hmm. and even like the black, and then the rest was Asian. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, Latino and then us. So we probably made up. we had to make up less than 10% of that high school. It was a pretty big school too. And I was explaining to him that like, you know, like white people were demystified for me um in the sense that like because i encountered these people when i was 14 like the only white people that i encountered were not people like that were on tv or some shit right you know that was like my president or my mayor yeah. or my yeah. governor or my police commissioner <clears throat> or my whatever right it was yeah. like I like I knew people that were my age of my cohort and it was just like yes white people are not like incredibly smarter, funnier, whatever <laughs> than we are like they're not incredibly better than us at right. being human beings, right? Like it became yeah. sort of plainly manifest to me. And yeah. then, you know, but another thing that I didn't realize was a blind spot growing up in New York City is that you don't encounter poor white people there right. are no poor right. whites. It doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah. Even somebody who, who's considered quote-unquote poor white in New York City, their parents, both of their parents got union jobs. Both their right. parents own a crib. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, they're going to pass that crib to their kids. You yeah. know, that'll be a source of wealth in the future. Like, even the people who aren't, like, what what we might call well-off are, like, pretty fucking good right. in the grand scheme of things in America. Then I yeah. went to school in Central Pennsylvania, and for the first time ever, <laughs> ever, yeah. I met a white person when I was 18 years old who was doing what you could say is worse than me. Yeah. That was poorer than my family. That had mm-hmm. less things going on than my family. Yeah. Like, but like, like I couldn't even conceive of this. Right. I swear to God, beforehand, yeah. like there was no person I went and did a high school project with where like I was like, yo. Man, my crib is way better than this. Never <laughs> happened. Yeah. I'm talking about the, the 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 range of shit. Like, to explain it to you, it'd be like some people got a Honda Civic for their first car. Right. Other people got an M3. Right,
0: right. right? Yeah, but yeah. everybody got a car
3: <laughs> when, right. when, they, yeah. when, they, when it was, you know, they were of age to drive. Everybody got a whip. Everybody was was, was good. Uh, yeah. When I went to PA, I was like, holy shit. And yeah. my buddy was explaining to me, he was like, yo, um, somebody that we know in our industry is like very respectability pro- uh, politics, where it's like, yo, we we, um, you know, we shouldn't be embarrassing ourselves in front of white people. And I'm just like, man. I wish this guy would have been the Central PA one day. Yeah. Because he would be like, nah, these white people got to be in backs in front of me. Fuck yeah. Yeah. that yeah. shit. Yeah. These motherfuckers need to get, they shit, they act, nah, yeah. man. Nah, man. He would be like, nah, kid, nah. He, there's no way you would feel like, oh, the masses of white people, I need to confront them with my respectability so that they right. could somehow think that i'm you know just as human as they are yeah right and so i think all of these things play a role you know what yeah. i mean i feel like you're gonna believe in that respectability politics the first time you ever encountered white people was in their fancy ass media jobs right yeah. you know like <laughs> i'm just
1: i'm just like imagining myself as like a starting a tour company to uh, introduce people to... Bruh, like, it would do a lot. <laughs> to some real rural lot. All right, we're going <laughs>
3: yeah. to... And again, that's not we're even to say... we to go to, to my say... buddy
1: Chris's house. He uh, tried to hit his brother with an axe and split the back of his,
0: <laughs> yeah, just back of his shoe
1: open, which was a thing so that I witnessed occasion, when I was a kid. A Caucasian <laughs> safari. <laughs> so next
3: time you hear them say black people don't stick together, that's why they haven't gotten no far, any far. remember yeah. this white boy who hit his brother with an yeah. axe. Yeah, yeah,
1: they yeah, did yeah, not yeah. stick
3: together. This was yeah. a thing that
1: happened. I was with my friends, uh, Jay and Dwayne. And Jay was, what was he? Th- I think he was like throwing like those red berries that you get off a plant at this other guy, Dwayne. And yeah. Dwayne chased him with an axe and tried to hit him with it. And got close enough that he split the rubber on the back of his shoe with oh, that.
2: Jesus <laughs> Christ,
1: which I witnessed. Uh, wow. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, you have to remember that like life is cheap when you're dealing with the like the whitest of white trash. Like that, you're just like, oh fuck, these guys are wild. They're
2: on some they're on
0: some different
3: things. Bro, it was very, very eye-opening. And yeah. again, I, I don't say that to say that I look down on rural whites it's it's actually quite the opposite um to be honest growing up uh with haitian immigrant parents in new york city haitian people were looked down upon a lot of black people they would look at the shit we were eating and blah blah blah. they were like oh my god this is crazy mind you when i brought back haitian food from new york to my rural ass sweet mates when I tell you they dog that shit, when I tell you they fucking no questions asked just body this food, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, yeah. and to me that endeared me to these these guys. Like yeah. I felt like we had a lot in common because of that shit. Like they would watch me eat like a, a chicken bone and be like, Jesus Christ, this guy's wasting food. Like they would, yeah. <laughs> like because I didn't completely clean a chicken bone. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I showed up to um to school and I might've had like five or six pairs of shoes and my roommate was like, fuck you need six pairs of shoes for. Yeah. And I was like, yo, are you crazy? Like if I could, I would've came here with 25 pairs of shoes. <laughs> and, yeah. and what I realized too, later on, is he had three pairs of shoes. He had boots, cause mm-hmm. it gets really cold out there. Birkenstocks for when it's hot and one (laughs) pair of tennis shoes for when he worked
0: out. That's it. That's right. Three shoes. You only need three shoes in life guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting seeing kind of like the world, like whenever I have found myself finding a new type of, um, socioeconomic status, white person, I I've always, uh, yeah it's the same thing where you just it's it's a little bit of like oh man mad respect for you to for for um just like living uh like this (laughs) (laughs) uh because you know i i just i had no idea that you guys like actually ate Possum. Like that's wild. <laughs> and good yeah. and good. I don't judge someone eating a possum, but I'm just like, oh, okay. So there's a culture here that I don't even know about. Yeah, and not at all. And yeah. And I, I do think it is uh it is important to not look at any group as a monolith and uh you know it's not to say like, well, particularly white people, but also You know, it helps politically when you are trying to understand why someone would vote for, you know, a Republican or Trump and someone who's like, but they're going against your interests. And it's like, well, you see the, the Democrats, what? Who are they? Whenever people
3: want to judge folks for being Republican, I'm just like, bro, do you have you have you like Have yeah. you seen the Democrats? Like, yes. are yes. they <laughs> some attractive ass? Like, are right. they very attractive? Right. And yeah. oh, another thing I will say about that was very revelatory about um. Being with the you know the blue collar whites, um, if you will, if you'll just humor yeah, yeah. that categorization, yes, was yes. I I I was an Eminem fan. Mm-hmm. I liked Eminem as a kid. I thought he was a great rapper, I, but I didn't love Eminem. And this was the first time I met people that loved <laughs> Eminem. And then <laughs> a sort of um. A a light bulb went off for me I was like you know what There are two types of white people for real There's more Mm -hmm. than two But in my head I was Uh like There are these like you know George, the Bushes, right? Like, this is basically what the brand of whiteness in America would like for you to think whiteness is. The Bushes. We go to these great schools. We're fucking smart. We're intellectual. You know, we're down home, too, when we want to pretend to be. Like, we're all of these things. (laughs) And then there's Roseanne Whites, Yes. Right? And... (laughs) I didn't realize that, like, Eminem was speaking directly to Roseanne Whites.
0: That's right. Like, he was 100%. talking
3: right to them Yeah. in a yeah, way yeah. that nobody else was. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, just, like, an angry Roseanne young white man. Like, Eminem was just hitting it, bro. And that's <laughs> yeah. why he became so big. Like, yeah. th- and when you think about it, like, the country's 65% white, most yeah. of them aren't fucking like George W. Bush and his fancy-ass yeah. family. Yeah. It makes sense why this guy became so popular. He was yeah. speaking to an actual demographic of people. I don't know what this yeah. has to
0: do with The Wire. But- no, no, but it's true. And that demographic of people is people who kind of just... Fucking hate their baby mamas and their actual mom. And their actual another, mom. By the way, that's another.
3: Yeah. That's another thing from the older guys in my neighborhood. They just could not understand. They could not understand why Eminem would talk about his mom that way.
2: Yeah. They, like, Why they doesn't would, he love his mother?
1: would uh, <laughs> oh, be yeah. like,
3: yo, yeah. he's this good at, he's this lyricist and his cadence and his this, this yeah. and this. And they were like, yeah, we get that, but like, I just can't <laughs> get with a dude that would talk about his mom like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: the mom thing, hood dudes could not
3: it.
0: get over the mom shit. Like, yeah. you just can't talk about your mom that way. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh it's a it's a specific uh, <laughs> rural white trash thing where you're just
1: like. And Eminem, have you fully, met my mom? Eminem fully used that because he knew exactly what he was doing. He's like, you I know, he knew, he was I was I know this he is going to blow the people's to. minds if I talk shit on my mom and my raps.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, back to the wire. Just last bit of stuff that we're talking about. I mean, we've talked about uh, Karketi, uh pretty much. Um,
1: uh kima we talked kima, about the kids at dinner
0: uh marlo i mean you know marlo in this episode is uh he's he makes a decision to go after old face andre and they get him
1: uh that's the other the other i mean like, like to me the two saddest scenes uh in this episode are you know kima realizing that her former son or whatever you want to call him to her is a stranger to her now and then also just Old face old face Andre realizing that uh he was kind of in like there was really nothing that he could have done to get out of that situation. I don't know. We could we could brainstorm ways that he might have done things better, but for the no, most part he was, part, he was uh, kind of fucked and uh like he tried to do right by Marlo and Chris and it 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 didn't work. And just the scene where he knows what's coming to him and uh it's it's trying to bargain for like you know a better death
0: yeah which is i i i I think that's the part that i like or it's sad but it's the part i like the most because the the resign to death where you're just like okay but i just don't want my face to be eaten by rats Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and just the way that chris partlow he always comes at the victim with like yo yo don't worry about it i got you and
1: i'm just yeah. like I, yeah. just, so I don't know sinister. what you mean by that <laughs> yeah because
3: getting me would <laughs> mean don't Bet kill you me got me he's yeah. so
1: convincing to me as like what a hitman would actually yes. be like i mean one yes. of my one of my movies that i love that other people may don't maybe don't love as much as like killing them softly where uh brad pitt plays a oh, hitman and, it, man. and yeah. he has like a whole monologue about like yeah, I don't want to like get in a one-on-one situation with the people that I'm about to kill cause they're going to start bargaining with me. And it's mm-hmm. like a whole gross thing that I don't want to deal with. I want to be, I don't know. I want to just like shoot them and not be near them. And yeah. And like Chris is sort of the same way where he, uh, you know like he's like usually when you see hitmen in movies and film it's like they're trying to say the meanest thing they can to someone when they're right. gonna kill him and you're like yes. that's not how it would work like they, they would just tell you whatever you needed to hear so that right. you would be a more docile victim right in that a moment. more
0: complacent victim yeah um and i i have a, that scene the the final old face scene
2: i score out.
0: man i speaking that be true that was some super villain ass shit to say, Slim <laughs> Charles. That's, <laughs> That's fucked up, <laughs> man. That was <one's> fucked up. <laughs> Chris,
1: no. You know i keep it quick. Sir. Here? Here's good. Not not in a vacant. What's the difference? <laughs> the difference is my, my people they, they won't know.
4: You don't know.
3: But, but, but the rats. I'll be alone with the rats. Alright. I
4: got your
0: back. I got your back is just like oh my god, fucking a he's so cold blooded and he's so used to murder That is, yeah. he just... knows
1: you don't want that guy to run away because then it's gonna be messy it's gonna be a whole thing
0: right he's like oh you know hey hey don't worry about it everything's everything's gonna be fine just like brushing his hair Shh. yeah yeah <laughs> everything's fine uh but yeah it is uh it's sad to see old face go especially knowing that he never got his ring back and um <laughs> <laughs> you know it's uh it's a bummer and it's also like uh, the reason he's being killed is is because you know marlo is worried that he flipped on them and it's like uh, you know he's being killed just to be safe you know and uh they're cold-blooded that marlo crew yeah like, and, and like that was uh, it, i like that they
3: put some levity in that scene um, oh yeah which the wire is always good at it's yeah. like um you know, first it's a tragedy, and then it's like a farce. It's like yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But what I will say about the dude that plays Chris, I wonder where he's from because he's the only person on yeah. the show. I wonder if he was born in America because mm. he's the only person on the show that doesn't have a discernible to me black scent.
0: A hundred percent. He just has yes. like a
3: down-the-middle yes. American accent where like this show is so has so many fantastic accents oh yeah i mean in real
1: life he's a nigerian so like okay yeah yeah yeah.
3: i see so i I wouldn't be surprised if like he went to like american schools abroad or something because he doesn't talk like a black American no. person from anywhere like yes. Marlo for instance Jamie Hector is a New Yorker right <laughs> he talks like a fucking New Yorker Very he clearly, sounds like a yes. guy
0: who's from Brooklyn to me right um Brock and, Joe is clearly a Baltimore guy right and and, yeah. and
3: you know they famously they hired like people like Snoop who are neighborhood people so they yeah. are just like authentic Baltimore people but like Chris like every time I hear him talk I'm like I'm trying to place like where's this dude
0: from hundred percent maybe he's just and a I, grim reaper and, and, he's and from said, hell <laughs> he's from hell yeah and, and i said i said this before too at uh someone he's a, um, he's wale's
1: cousin just uh i don't know if that helps it <laughs> oh wow that's crazy <laughs> yeah i did not yeah.
0: know that um but uh, yeah i was like i basically said the same thing which was that like because chris doesn't have a discernible accent uh like from anywhere um you know it's a a confusing thing for me to try to because i'm like well he doesn't sound like a baltimore guy and at some point i think donut the the kid who likes stealing cars um says like uh that he's country you can tell by his you know country ass clothes that he wears (laughs) so i think we're supposed to just be like oh they talk like that in in the country which is just like no, no discernible they're, they're, accent or black no, accent of any not, kind. That's not a thing. Uh, no. I,
3: I, and no, but because like even New Jersey has right. like a couple of accents. So, yeah, that's why I'm just like, man, I wonder if he was like somebody that came to the States like in his yeah. teens or something.
0: It um, works, it works for his character too. Absolutely. Because it just makes him all the more, like you said, it's like it maybe he's from hell and that's how they talk in hell. <laughs> Cause he's, uh, He freaks you out. He's a scary guy. Um, And uh, yeah,
1: he's another anomaly character, which is what makes him interesting. He's like we said about um, Ziggy, like Ziggy is an anomaly (laughs) character who's also like deliberately annoying, which makes him hard to take. For sure. some people whereas I think Chris Parlow's uh he's an anomaly but he's also like very, makes you feel very comfortable uh right so he's sort of yeah yeah he's, he's a different calming, take on that even though you're scared of him he yeah. is
0: calming and and it works it works really well um uh yeah and finally uh Prez just uh dealing with juking the stats uh via a teaching a test in order to get um you know uh the test scores up the only thing that i can say of interest on that is at one point he is reading um people's answers uh to this like really fucking like obviously way too advanced for this class way too like uh eurocentric for this class um uh sto- it's like he's telling this like short story and you're like what are you supposed to gain from it like and someone a kid wrote down d money saves pitman and i i just was like that's i love that i love that someone like read this fucking nonsense you know ancient greece an- ancient greek story and was just like what i got from this is d money saves pitman so not wrong
1: that. not wrong not wrong but not in the not i like that they're all all teaching them the phrases that are on the answer key for uh, yeah, the state, Bro, statewide test. And yes.
3: and that damn scene gave me so much anxiety because I was yeah. somebody who always fucking hated school. Yeah. And so it just put me back in that sterile ass classroom yes. where all you hear is the ventilation and right. your teacher is just droning on and yeah. it's impossible to be engaged with any of the shit that's happening right just a fucking
0: nightmare man yeah where even the names oh of the God. characters that are talking about seem like test questions you're just like am i supposed to it's is crazy. that a name of a person like that can we just call him bob or some of my nightmares
3: still involve school it's Me like too. not being prepared for a test or yes. running late or blah. Yeah. i'm just like bruh, haven't been in a goddamn classroom in God knows how long. Yeah. And I'm still like traumatized by the experience. <laughs> and yes. it's
1: funny that uh like the way they're teaching this like now these would all be tells that someone used uh, Chat GPT to answer an essay question. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the above stated facts have led me to conclude yeah Uh, oh
0: yeah at one point he uh he here's a picture of it and had led me to conclude (laughs) he draws a smiley face and then uh a car and then also a guy like a stick figure guy but i think he has a dick
1: Um, oh yeah i didn't notice that part (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know if that's on purpose Mm, a dick but
0: mm, you know it's a dick it's literally a a third third leg leg at the very least it's aspirational Uh, but, uh, Good yeah, for him. congrats. So, you know, the test questions are uh, teaching the test not going well for Press and we'll see what happens when uh, they do take the test. But, uh, yeah, so that's the episode. Uh, anything I missed? Uh, favorite scene, at least favorite scene, something you really desperately want to get off your chest? Vince?
1: Um, the first time I watched it, uh, where the, the guy's asking him where he learned to play dice like that, and he says Edward Tillman middle, I was like, that that line is too TV for me but uh yeah yeah the second time it didn't bother me as much but yeah
0: yeah That's fair. Uh, Big Waz,
1: anything else?
3: Um, I think we hit everything. I always like to see Daniels with his new chick. He's just so Mm. much happier than he was before. (laughs) I love seeing a happy Daniels, too. And then the undertones of just like, you know, higher achieving black man being happier with the new white chick. I enjoy that (laughs) dynamic because that's a... That's a that's a sore spot within the culture if you guys didn't know, and <laughs> so hurt. seeing I've Daniels hurt. like on this show just being like, got my new white chick, my new job, I'm good, baby, I'm
4: happy. <laughs> Everything his is wine.
0: coming up, Lieutenant <laughs> Exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Rest in peace, Lance Riddick. by the all yeah, right. Oh, man. I did. Legend. I did
1: want to shout out uh, Bugs' dad uh, as when Michael walks away. Mm-hmm. And he 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 does that like look at him where he like looks at his face and then sort of like looks him up and down as he's walking away. It's like they did not have to spell out what was going on there. It was like oh no. that is that is gross that I know exactly what's going on here. Yeah. I don't know if that's a like or a dislike, but it was uh, it was notably no, he, gross.
0: He stays being um, subtly and not so subtly disgusting, and uh, you know it's I, I think it's rare on the wire where you have a character who is just being so like so prepped for death you know what i mean where you're just like the whole audience across the board can agree this guy got to go. Yeah. And, um, you we're know, we're not going to be sad when he dies. Right. Which is something the wire doesn't usually do. It's like, you know, uh, any of the, the bad guys or good guys. Everyone's got like a humanity to them. And then this fucking snake comes out of the grass and you're just like, Oh, can we just kill him? Can we just please kill him?
3: Also it, a great, uh, moment of the episode is Rawls. Poor Rawls. By mm-hmm. the way, one of the great characters on the show, um, yeah. some of the great lines, one-liners, zingers on this show come out of Rawls' mouth throughout yeah. the seasons, um, but just his whole guys, your next commission's, I'm right yeah. here.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
3: guys, it's, it's, hello, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: me, guys. Like, what why is everyone hell? talking past me? <laughs>
1: yeah. And also the idea that they've uh, that they've tooks they've taken something away from Burrell, and I'm watching it going like. Oh, this guy's dreams just came true. He doesn't have yeah. to do shit, and he still yeah. keeps his title and 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 uh, and salary. Like that sounds great to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great episode, and uh, you know, if I had to give it a, a letter grade, and I do um i give it a b plus vince what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade?
1: Mm, tough choice uh, i'm gonna tabulate the these scores uh, yeah uh after careful consideration i am also going to have to give this a solid b plus whoa shocking shocking grade from vince
0: uh big waz <laughs> what would you give this episode if it's you had to a give b it a for me
1: again i'm grading on wire so- standards
0: <laughs> and not just general tv standards but wire mm. standards it's a b episode B episode and two B pluses. If I'm doing the tabulations correctly, that's a solid B plus episode of the wire and a solid a plus episode of pod yourself, the wire big waz. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about the wire, taking a break from all the fucking awful goddamn news that is going to be sitting waiting for us when we get off this fucking thing. So (laughs) thank you for coming on. Of
3: course. Anytime fellas It was great time with you guys.
0: Great time. Likewise. Great to ha- have you. Where can people find you online?
3: Um, Big Waz, every single social media platform. And, of course, if you have even a passing interest in sports or pop culture, go check us out at theringer.com, man.
0: Yeah. Check it out. Big Waz, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming back. Peace, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Wired patreon.com slash broadcast the $8 tier you know it you get a shout out you get a street name you get your name and a street name uh, and we have four four great mm. great wonderful wonderful patron piggies who are just oink oinking for that little streety deedy name mm. um, so Vince let's Ooh. do this the first is hold
1: on hold on I need to stretch
0: oh yeah you gotta stretch <sighs> that's important <sighs> okay. Okay. are you ready have you stretched
1: yeah this is gonna you be tough but I'm, I'm ready I'm ready yeah
0: it's gonna be hard but I know we can do it because I mean we have to it's the law uh, John Vahedi
2: uh, Faridi <sighs>
1: wow yeah, I don't know what I can do with that. Uh, sounds uh, Persian, I want to say, um, John. But you know what? We're gonna call this guy Dookie because uh, that's what you do in a John. You take it. Yeah,
0: I like it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. And sorry. Uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and we love you, uh, John Behedi Um Yes, you're very. I love you next is philip roth philip roth philip come roth. on boy wow
1: i mean great author i can't believe he's great author subscribing to our patreon yeah uh from the grave from the <laughs> is he dead mm-hmm. now yeah. oh yeah he died oh, when did he die
0: do oh. you know like a bit ago
1: sure um yeah i mean what is this guy chopped liver that's what he's, it's, it's going to be. His no, name. I get Chop, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Chopped liver. That's good.
1: I like that. I it. mean, it shouldn't be chopped because it was not chopped when. Uh, no, but it works. It works. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, it becomes. At least a part of it gets chopped with his dick.
1: If you haven't read Portnoy's
0: complaint, uh, he fucks a liver. All right, next is. Uh,
1: Dylan Hazlitt. <laughs> Dylan Hazlitt. More like. Dylan Hazmat. Uh. Yeah, we're gonna We're gonna call this guy uh, Think mm-hmm. Toxic waste.
0: Okay there we go. Yeah oh, yeah, yeah toxic waste. Got it. Uh, and last but not least,
1: Jake Durazo Jake Durazo What's uh how do you say apple in Spanish? It's almost like that, isn't it?
2: I don't speak Spanish.
1: We're gonna call this guy Apple.
0: Well, now I know, need to know. What do you call it? Uh, apple in Spanish. No, is I'm thinking... manzana. What is...
1: Manzana. What is, what is uh, Durazo sounds close to some sort of Spanish for fruit, doesn't it? Oh, peach. Yeah. We're going to call this guy the peach. All right. We're calling him
0: the peach. Those are all of the street names for this week's Pod Yourself the Wire. If you want to get yourself a street name... Patreon.com slash broadcast. Subscribe the $8 tier or more and you will get that street name. If you haven't heard your name yet and you're like, dude, I did this like a fucking two months ago. What the fuck? Email us and let us know.
1: Yeah. Uh, Number and- one, quit complaining. Number yeah. two, email us with exactly. your complaints. Exactly.
0: Be your own self-advocate. Mm-hmm broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions comments and concerns and vince what is the google voice number
1: 415-275-0030
0: all right everyone thanks again so much for listening until next time if you come at the king am i not me? me
4: Take time, The Wire 409 Ruth's Chris never serves our kind Darnell leaves the restaurant
0: A good song, and, and you know. You should just listen to the original version of that song, but uh, you know, but then don't read about Billy Corgan. Alright, loves. I gotta clear out and let my wife take this My wife!
4: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the o fish sandwich all day.